Hello and welcome to the 14th episode of Busy Nation Dando Takko Rokro. This is Ritika and I have my co-host Abhishek with me. Hello everyone. So I guess it's been a long time since we have done our last podcast. Oh, uh, yeah. What with Abhishek being so busy and oh, right. you know, having no time, and I have to keep chasing him yeah. every now and then. Let's reverse so. the story, and it'll sound perfect. Right? <laughs> But yeah, well, this week, <laughs> moving into the topic. Well, we all know that in India, stock markets are on a high, and people are investing in real estate in huge amounts. But what we found rather interesting was that people in India have suddenly become more arty. and the art market is booming as well i mean the current size of the indian art market is up to 350 million in other words what happens is you go to these auctions there are mm. about 50 to 100 paintings lying out there you like one of those and you start bidding and you take home a painting which could be worth a crore of rupees in india at the end of the day mm. but uh, there was a time like people used to buy art for you know their art collection etc mm-hmm. but nowadays i think they shifted more to a business investment it has become like shares it's all speculation oh yes in fact they say that it is better to invest in one square feet of painting than to buy yourself a 100 square feet of real estate yeah but, and it's cheaper also <laughs> <laughs> but you know what i have got a couple of my friends in baroda who are artists Hmm. So I had gone there in, during my last New Year's, hmm. and uh, I picked up one of the paintings at that friend's house, and I said, "Ah, it's a very nice painting." And then she said, "You're holding it upside down. <laughs> Look at the signature at the bottom right hand side." So I mean, there are people who don't understand art at all, and then there are people who bank on their creativity. So basically, what happens if you don't bank on the right painting, you might be in for a big mistake because it might not liquidate later on after four years when you want to sell it off. But then are these paintings rightfully priced? Because at least for me, I feel they are like just too costly. See, da wale. I mean, you can't pay a crore for an MFS Hussain painting. You're paying for the brand. You know, there was this company called Swarup Group of Industries, hmm. which me, which agreed to buy hundred paintings from Hussain at hundred crores. Yes, yes, right. See, what surprised me is that in case of stock markets, which are very volatile, hmm. yeah, this is not as volatile. That's why people think it's a good investment. But secondly, you can't put it up on in the living room because uh, it's not a showpiece. It's an investment, so you have to lock it up in a locker, secure it, do adequate preservation. So there is there are a lot of headaches that comes with it. So I guess with the other investment option like stock market, currently it has almost reached its saturation. As in, it may increase, but people are still very and real estate being very unaffordable these days. This could be a good uh, investment option for people looking for different avenues to invest. So when are you going to buy your first painting then? When are you going to paint one? <laughs> oh right, Salman Khan, Shahrukh Khan, all these guys—they are painting and yes. even they are getting their worth. So while currently the art market, which is at 350 million, is going to rise every year at 50% compounded. And while people are investing in. the unconventional art market people are also ensuring the marriages that are supposed to be sacred and divine in fact it seems that the marriage insurance market currently which is at rupees 30 crore is growing uh, 50% year on year this insurance is not only like for uh, their wedding ceremonies and which can be covered against uh, fire accidents and the accidents that can happen to either the bride or the groom but mm-hmm. it is also on the cancellation of the wedding or the divorce because of disputes between the bride and groom <laughs> oh, that's so, uh, that's a new one i guess so, and what about the thefts of that uh, you know in hindu wedding there is the 
क्या कहते हैं उसको वो जूते लो पैसे दो टाइप सो वो भी सो एक्सपेशली इन पंजाबी वेडिंग्स बाय द वे आई मीन द वेडिंग्स आर ग्रैंडियोज यू यू नो मोर अबाउट पंजाबी वेडिंग्स अप they mm-hmm. tell you that your package is to the left side of the van on the fourth shelf from the bottom traveling on highway number 101 southwest of new york from the fourth lane to the right at 65 miles per hour so basically it says wow i mean i know where my package is so it buys me peace of mind so similarly in india i think it's the parents who give their daughter away aisa hota hai na in india so they want to get right. things right so marriage insurance bails them out and most of the matrimonial sites are advising them to get into this mm-hmm. and it is said that up to 60% of the parents are saying okay let's go for it but if you see on the other uh, social side i feel it's an encouragement for you to get a divorce you know okay if tomorrow we get a divorce we are going to get so much uh, so much of money so actually uh, many people can in fact you know make this as a business option also no i think divorce nahi hoga it's only on the d day if something wrong has to happen then the insurance will cover your day of marriage it won't be that too that is one part but uh-huh. then there is another part also that oh. the couples are insuring against divorces or if there are uh, disputes between their families and the star wedding of abhishek bachchan and aishwarya rai seems was also insured for a huge amount yeah that's how the articles would be starting in the newspaper so that we read <laughs> about this in fact bajaj alliance it offers this marriage insurance and premium ranges for around like uh, 4000 to 15000 per year and uh, they given insurance from like 20 lakhs to 70 lakhs awesome now there is one more thing to add to your wedding shopping list and that is the wedding insurance package unlike about 8 years ago when there was not exactly a process to the marriage ceremonies matlab mm-hmm. now today there are matrimonial sites there are wedding planners mm-hmm. there is insurance so right from the time you choose your bride or bridegroom there that is your decision of course but later on everything can be outsourced so there is a lot of money in this industry and that's what people are banking on that's right okay let's move on from crores of rupees and huge market sizes to 1 dollar burger king is planning to take on mcdonald's with its 1 dollar what up what up on sorry cheeseburger <laughs> and not much of a difference between the two right yeah actually i mean that's the indian what about yes and and mcdonald's which is already eyeing the coffee market and it's competing against starbucks it wants to get into health food by competing against uh, subway now burger king is saying hang on we'll come in with a 1 dollar burger and uh, give you something to think about to mcdonald's that's right and it has outperformed many of its competitors by introducing uh, many healthy options in its menu so it has come with many salad items or chicken snack items breakfast items which has helped mcdonald's in making its uh, market share stronger yeah but you know mcdonald's is not in the business of hamburgers it is in the business of real estate <laughs> that's right <laughs> but closer home let's talk about our jumbo vada pav which was started by this symbiosis graduate i think post graduate his name mm. is dheeraj something 
Dheeraj Gupta. Dheeraj Gupta. He, he worked with McDonald's for a while just to understand what happens in the kitchen and what the process is and then came back to India and then started his Vada Pav outlet. So when people asked him after his MBA, what are you going to do next? He said, I'm going to sell Vada Pavs. <laughs> and he's pretty successful by the way. Yes, he recognized the market opportunity which exists in Vada Pav where people want to have but do not really want to go to unhygienic places. But but isn't it, uh, it ironical? It's hygienic junk food. <laughs> it's junk, but it's hygienic. So that's what yeah, it's telling the proposition is. It can be hygienic. Yes, McDonald's is hygienic. Pizza is another junk. Uh, so yeah, he's pricing his vada pavs at five rupees, where you can get them at oh, two no, rupees outside. No, he's at like ten rupees. Yeah, okay. rupees. I haven't had those by the have you? I don't know. I haven't. Ah, had. yeah, I've had. It's like almost. Double the price of what you get out. But then it's, he's got many options like cheese, round bread, and some yes, alag yes. alag vada pavs which you won't get outside. Yes. And Jumbo King is going to increase its turnover from 1 crore to 2 crore this year. And it's already a case study in many, many B schools. And he, you know what he said that he owes all of this to McDonald's because McDonald's success is very well documented. Mm. Books like Behind the Golden Arches, yeah, all of these have been written. So he just replicated that. So I'm wondering, because there are many, uh, there is one in Thane, it's called Kunjvihar. It also has big vada pavs. But they never saw this as an opportunity where they can earn so much money only by selling vada pavs. Uh, I think management degrees do help. <laughs> Unlike what people think. No, I think it is more to do with the entrepreneurial uh, abilities or capabilities of the person. And his goal must be expansion and the Kunjira mm -hmm. owner must be a family-owned business who is very comfortable with the way it is. <laughs> yep. He started at Malad Suburb and mm -hmm. with some 200,000 initial capital. And his mm -hmm. first shop made 6 lakhs of rupees in a month. Mm -hmm. so there, his, his eyes lit up and... It was a religious movement for him and then he started expanding. <laughs> so best of luck to him. So moving on from one successful Indian to another and this one is a global Indian. Uh, well, <laughs> global. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, previously we used to have NRIs, you know. Uh -huh. but nowadays they have all become global Indians. <laughs> well, we had covered, I think, one or two podcasts earlier that the chairman and chief executive of the financial giant Citigroup, that is Charles Prince, he had to resign in the face of heavy losses that uh, Citigroup incurred due to the subprime uh, crisis. And there were many speculations going on as to who will be the next CEO and who will take on the mantle of those heavy losses. Mm -hmm. So, well, that uh, little shoulder is of uh, the great Indian man called Vikram Pandit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hope he has something to do with India. Matlab, it, just because his name is Vikram Pandit, uh, we don't want to read in the newspaper that <laughs> finally an Indian has made it again, like Sunita Williams. Yeah, no, he is a Nagpur-born NRI and uh -huh. I think he was around 16 or something when he went uh, to US for his undergraduate studies in oh. Colombia. Columbia. Actually, the the background of this is that, uh, you know who was the person running against Vikram Pandit for this post? No clue. Well, it was the ex-Prime Minister of Pakistan, Shokat uh, Aziz. What are you saying? So, <laughs> yes. So, these were the things... And I thought Pakistanis are not entrepreneurial. <laughs> Sorry, but I mean, with due respect. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so it, it had like, you know, the media had uh, made it like more of a India-Pakistan yeah. war. And... <laughs> Yes, and in fact, 
started from Shaukat Aziz's name, which was uh, more at the forefront, mm-hmm. and uh, people thought that you know Vikram Pandit ka naam aise hi le rahe hain because uh, India Pakistan ka thoda fir aur zada uh-huh. masala dal sakenge. That is why. But well, he was the dark horse. What did he, what did the Vikram Pandit do before joining City Group? He was in City Group, uh, I think, from 2005 no. onwards. And before that, he was uh, the president and chief operating officer at Morgan Stanley. Oh, for around five years. Big man. So, big man. <laughs> Now he'll have to face monumental challenges at City Group because uh, the shares of City has also dropped like below thirty dollars. Damn, that subprime crisis. All the CEOs are saying that. <laughs> In fact, uh, he is closely followed by another Indian who is going to head the who has started the heading. I think from December first, Shantanu Narayan is the name, and he has been appointed as president and CEO of Adobe Systems, software major. He is another uh, global Indian to make his mark. So yeah, Indra Noi, another one, the most powerful woman in in Fortune 500 companies. Yes. Yes, Another CEO, his name is Nair. I forgot his first name of HCL that we covered a couple of podcasts ago. Ha, Vineet Nair. Vineet Nair, yes. So he yes. has got this very unique way of rating his employees, where uh, you can rate your bosses, and hmm. it will be shown on the intranet. So what that is what is novel about all of this. Yes, this uh, policy of yes, uh, this policy of uh, people rating their managers is called as 360 degree reviews, hmm. and it is existing in other companies also. But the novel thing about uh, HCL is that it publishes these results on their intranet throughout the organization, so anybody like can go and read it. So uh, you can see what are the scores of your own supervisor. <laughs> yeah, and, and the idea was. to reduce attrition supposedly uh, saying that let's have transparency let's everyone be together uh, and uh, they have successfully reduced it from 20.4% to 17.2% is what the uh, business week article covers and uh, one very good analogy that somebody has coined for our engineers indian engineers uh, who quit jobs or indian mbas is that they are all coin operated machines If there is some place where you get five thousand rupees more, they'll go there, and then again they'll shift. They'll shift. They'll keep shifting because they know there is that the demand exists. That's why companies like HCL have to like work really hard to contain this uh, attrition rate. And Vineet Nair is like supposed to be one of those mavericks, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, he is famous for his um, out of the box policies, which he keeps trying on HCL employees. You know, you know, talking about out of the box, you know, I think. you would have heard about this story very famous story of IBM's boss IBM's founder Thomas Watson he was yes. supposedly a very very strict man and whenever an employee used to pass him they used to literally shiver because he was that strict a disciplinarian so what happens one of these days an engineer makes a mistake which costs the company a good 20 million dollars and that engineer is summoned in his office and the engineer simply walks in and gives him the resignation letter and then thomas watson looks in his eyes and says are you kidding me son we just spent 20 million dollars educating you hmm. so in other words companies back then went to great levels to retain good talent and yeah, it was not called hr back then but today it's called hr it's a separate function that's the only difference hmm. yeah continuing in the same vein there is a anecdote regarding windy banga who was the chairman of hlm it seems there was an uh, induction of uh, management training going on in hlm and windy banga had come to address the new trainees and he was talking about uh, 
how the managers and the subordinates and everybody are treated equally in HLL and there is no distinction amongst them, etc., etc. So after he said all that, uh, the next day, uh, some management trainee, he shot him an email that whatever you talked about is fine, but we have noticed that even in the cafeteria, you have a, a separate counter for executives and you have a separate counter for the other normal people. And as soon as he came to know, like Vindi Manga, he, I mean, it would have obviously, he would have seen it, but it would not have stuck him as something that is discriminatory. Mm -hmm. So from the next day, he abolished all that. So he broke down the walls? Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. But well, sometimes, like, you know, uh, mm. we know, we are aware of the things that are going on around us, but we do not realize that it is wrong or he may not have ever thought that it is a discriminatory uh, policy. Yeah, I think some things over time when they start being taken for granted, it's part of the system so you don't know. I mean, it doesn't come out. You know, I'll not take the name of this company where they spoke about innovation and innovation and innovation. And uh, their lunch break used to start at 1 and used to end at 1.30 in the canteen and they used to switch off the lights. So, they don't want to change. They are not flexible to change. And then they talk about innovation while addressing their employees. So, yeah, there are companies and then there are companies and then there are companies. Right. And so that's about it for this episode of Busy Nation's Dando Takko Rokro. Go log on to www.theindicars.com and leave your comments there on what your company's HR policies are. If they are amusing, then send those to us. So we'll have a good Dilbert type of an episode where we'll laugh on some of the HR policies. And that's about it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.